Let's spell a song so you can sing along with my special guest star for two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is a special guest who did season one of Schmigadoo, and it's Jacqueline Riley, everyone! Woo! Hi! Yay! Yay! And we're here today... Spirit fingers! <laughs> and we're here today to talk about season two of Schmigadoon. Mm-hmm. I... Not sure if it's actually nicknamed Chicago, but we're going with it because that's what they keep saying. It was uh, fantastic. Uh, so the creators and showrunners are Cinco Paul and Ken Dario. Music by Cinco Paul. The first episode premiered April 5th, 2023, and the last episode premiered May 3rd, 2023. Again, six episodes, but this time I think it was on purpose. Way more cohesive. Yes. Yeah, and like what uh this time like I, I watched it when it came out weekly, but this time around watching it all six back to back to back, it made so much sense. It was a definitive arc, yeah. Yeah. And, and like they they did a lot, but like it worked. Yeah, it did for the most part. I also think like and I'm sure we're gonna get into it, but like the musicals that that they drew inspiration from like i don't know if they could have gone eight to ten episodes with it mm. i think it would without it being like campy cheesy you know what i mean and like losing focus right. because well yeah so just a quick recap melissa and josh played by cecily strong and keegan michael key keegan my best michael friend key, yes yeah <laughs> We went to the same college. No. <laughs> uh, they're back uh, and they're looking for Shmigadoon because the real world is hard and they're not happy. However, unlike season one, their relationship is stronger. So, progress. Um, they're in a just, rut. Sorry. They're in a rut with just life. Uh, and it's supposed to be two years after the end of season one. Uh when they go to Chicago instead of Schmigadoon, Josh becomes accused of a murder and falls into a crowd of hippies while escaping jail. And then Melissa tries to get him released where, but instead uh, becomes a headliner at the local nightclub. <laughs> and the cast of characters are back, but they're playing, well, sorry, the cast of actors, I should say, are back, but they're playing very, very different characters. Uh, but we have some newbies this season. We have yeah. Patrick Page playing Kraut, uh, Kraut the Judge Turpin slash Caiaphas in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Titus Burgess come in playing the narrator. Genius. Genius. Where he is the leading player from Pippin. The end. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I loved him. Oh, beautiful. He is so good. I'm so glad that they cast him for that role. And Ariana DeBose isn't in as much because I think she was booked and blessed at this time. Booked in what? Blessed. You know, like she had other work. 
Oh, I thought blessed was the name of a show. I was no, no, like, no. It's it. It's just a phrase. Being like, uh, I'm booked and blessed. You know, like you know, having all the mm. work. Um, I was wondering because she was only in maybe two episodes or something like that. She was not in very many, and um, I really like her, but um, good for her if she's doing more things. Yeah, I mean, I think she was. Mm, no, this was. Who knows when this was filmed? I mean, it probably was filmed last year in 2022 because of COVID and everything. Um, mm-hmm. But you, I couldn't tell. That was a great thing about it. Yeah. Uh, so season two, what do you, two. where do you want to start with? There's so many, so many stories. So many <laughs> stories. I, I don't know. Like, so, I mean, you know, to your point, uh, Titus Burgess being the leading player like when he starts off like got it right away like it's the fr- like I felt like the songs this season to me anyway I I knew their references more so than I did last season and I was like oh this is a direct take from this mm-hmm. show um, not in a bad way though like in a very um, like referential like tribute type of a way um yeah because this season they're moving forward in musical theater history we're doing now like the dark side of music musical theater yeah Uh, yeah and and i do love when um josh and um melissa first walk into chicago and melissa's like i don't know this period because these are not happy and so you're like oh we're in for some stuff here like this is gonna be (laughs) yeah um and what i did like about this and i I this i'm gonna just jump around apologies um but at one point in the in the series or in the season when um Josh references Sweeney Todd and he knows it and she does it and I'm like man what like a power shift like from last season where like Mel was trying to like dictate out how the, how everything was going to go and he's like what do you mean you've never seen this everyone knows Sweeney Todd you know kind of a thing and so um I thought that was a cool little like growth moment type of a thing so i also like that your best friend keegan got more songs this season um and like he is a he is a beautiful songbird sorry oh yeah i was gonna say the first one that he got was in episode three i believe which was talk to daddy no that's four which Mm -hmm. i i loved how it started and he was just like oh melissa song you sing and she's like no no this is yours like yes like they they now understand the rules more of schmicago this season the schme of it all um i i agree with you like this is my i'm more knowledgeable about this except for when they did the promises promises references i didn't really get a lot of that because i don't know that that well same but like Uh i found 12 shows that they basically borrowed oh. or referenced the whole time. Oh man, I did not write them down, but I can name some off the top of my head. So but yeah, so the like like the main ones are Sweeney Todd, Pippin. Um I'm gonna put Hair and Godspell in one because they're two different ones. They're two different ones, but like there wasn't really a song that was Godspell. Godspell was more in like the styling of the hippies. But also the whole like storytelling 
that's all God's oh, like how true. they were, how they did like the myths and stuff like because right. they definitely like um because that's all God's spell. And then we've got Jane Krakowski that is living in Chicago. <laughs> Billy Banks, Blanks, what's his name? No, nope, I haven't heard. That's it. Oh, Billy Banks is. Is th- is this your uh, new favorite lawyer? <laughs> Hiya, she was great. I love Jane Krakowski. She, um, uh, yeah, her whole her whole shtick I thought was wonderful. When Melissa goes into her office and goes, um, "I'm looking for Mr. Bobby, whatever," and she's like, "My dad is Mr." What I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> I can talk for hours about bells and whistles. The song that she sings, uh, in the the courthouse, (laughs) yeah, where it's like a combination of Razzle Dazzle, Dance 10 Looks 3, Getting Married Today, like it's just perfection. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. I know you and I have talked about how, like, um, Don't Be a Lawyer is your favorite lawyer related song, but is Bells and Whistles now up there on your list? It's it's coming. It, it it's very good. I what I liked about it though is that it celebrates that like you have to have a a knowledge of the law to really get to a certain point and like because a lot of people like to talk about laws and politics but don't fully know it and I'm like but you have to listen to this because like that's right like it takes a certain level of education. Well, she's also fully grasp it <laughs> in the in that episode. She also or. Yeah, she also says uh, the law is 10% precedent and 90% wow. I mean, is that true? <laughs> no. Damn. No. Most lawyers are not wow. <laughs> well, that I mean, that was going off of the I know, Chicago I know. of it all. Um, 100%. But there was also a lot of sweet charity references in this. Did not get those. I don't know sweet charity. Um, one One of the biggest ones is, again, talk to daddy which it's more in the choreography uh mm-hmm. in it, it's it's also used they also used a a a bit of choreo that's in um bring it on cuz in the movie bring it on they watch sweet charity and it's the same song that they're talk they're referencing here interesting sorry i'm very knowledgeable. <laughs> i don't mean to drop all this knowledge about it uh you haven't talked about cabaret yet though so and i would like to talk about that uh, Cab- cuz there were tons of cabaret references and honestly while i wish ariana debose was used more she very clearly was the mc so um got that right away and loved it uh and uh dove cameron's character is sally bowles basically Mm -hmm. even the haircut i i love that they proposed the question what if sweeney todd was the father of sally bowles who falls in love with a pick a hippie from hair, any hippie. Yeah. Or Pippin. <laughs> or yeah. Pippin. Yeah. Like, and then, and then whoever thought of combining Mrs. Lovett and Miss Hannigan from Annie to be Kristen Chenoweth is it deserves like all Done. the money and awards. Done. <laughs> Take my money. Take it. I loved it. I also love that company was referenced a lot um the biggest one being the female barfly that's the character name i'm not i didn't coin that i looked it up on imdb every episode she had to sing i'll drink she had to say i'll drink to that also though like not for nothing most relatable character in the show 
<laughs> like that is after after the last few years yeah oh, fuck it. I'll, i'm just gonna drink <laughs> like that's kind of <laughs> well yeah and that was interesting about this whole season because like i don't know when he wrote this or when they wrote this but it felt very much like a theme is the pandemic and i have a feeling we're going to be seeing a lot of those in the next Probably, few yeah. years yeah because like you know we as we went through the pandemic every it got life got hard and difficult and like we all wanted an escape and they wanted to go to schmigadoon to but instead found schmicago which made it more difficult although i don't know how much time passes in this and so i'm wondering how time works in the schme world universe yeah the schmuniverse the schmuniverse the universe. I don't know. I feel like they were probably only gone for 15 minutes in the real world. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that makes because, yeah, because the first one, I believe they were going on a some sort of retreat. Yeah, a hike. And got lost. And then this time it was they were they were looking for it. Mm-hmm. What did you, how did you feel about though the actors playing different parts though? Like, did they make sense? Did you, I didn't see any like connecting tissues from their season one characters. Mm-mm. No. And I like that. I like that it was just a separate show. Like even um, Alan Cumming, Kristen Chenoweth, who played the lady who runs the club. Anne Harada. Yes. I mean, com- what a different character she, Anne was like, that was wonderful. Um, yeah. I think that I, it's like to so to me it almost like is more of an anthology and I like that because you could do more with that to, um in my my eyes um and like I like that they called it out in the first episode where yeah. Josh is like oh look it's everyone and um what does she say she's like you're not gonna praise Sutton Foster for doing Millie while or for playing Millie while she's doing some other character <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it was like. Like, I, I liked the commentary, but I also just liked the show. I thought it was really well done. Yeah, and I thought everyone was well cast for what they were doing. I didn't know much about who is the old guy, who plays Sauerkraut, Kraut, whatever his uh, name is. Patrick Page. I don't know him, but man, his, when he got his songs, I was like, oh, he's legit. And I enjoyed his he is most known for yes. recently being in Hades Town. Yes, I remember looking that up. Um, but I liked it a lot. Was he? He was. He was in Hades. Yep, he was Hades in Hades Town. Wow, his picture on Wikipedia is him when from like two thousand two, and he looks so young. Twenty years ago, twenty one years ago, yeah. Um, but also too, like I feel like they age you up. Like they wanted to make him more creepy. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, they definitely, like, makeup played a big role in this season. Because yes. they were sure. doing the, uh, they made reference to the original Pippin. There was mm-hmm. Cabaret with Ariana DeBose, as well as um, Dove Cameron, Patrick Page, and Harada, uh, Alan Cumming, and Kristen Chenoweth all had, like, white powder on their face to, like, give them mm-hmm. a spookier look. Mm-hmm. But then even the um the hippies all had some sort of face paint on. 
Yes, yes. The smiley faces, the rainbows, the peace signs, like made it all made so much sense and to me though it was weird that like this all lived at the same time but at the same but you know when you zoom out you're like oh these all did come out around the same time like so so it is weird but it's also like what was happening so it's that weird commentary too that you have like because the even the lighting right like when you're with the hippies and like they're doing their god spell things and and showing their their myths or whatever they're called the stories parables um, parables thank you um you know it's it's super bright and it's all you know it's very like big movements and all this and then you're into the Chicago and it's very like it's dark it's seedy it's um it's fossy yes it is fossy <laughs> can I go back to references because I do have a question okay the Dewey shock you song I was listening to it again yesterday. It's the second song in the in the mm-hmm. season. It's the one that the girls sing, um, or yeah, at the club when they're you know talking about who they are. Is that Gypsy? No, that's Big Spender from Sweet Charity. Gotcha. Because there, I don't know. There were some things in it that made me think Gypsy, um, and that's I mean, why. Probably, probably the they made maybe with like the the um, gotta have a gimmick moment like when they're maybe that's kind of that's kind of what it reminded of but also there were there were like um some of the instrumentation of it even reminded me of um rose's theme um or rose's whatever it was and so that's where i kind of was like that sounded very like to me it's if you you should watch sweet charity by the way it's a it's a great movie shirley mclean's in it it's also like all fossey um But like that one is like a direct connection because they have a line of women on a bar and okay. they're doing a pose and then they move and the yeah. So the gotcha. one that I didn't get is the last song of the entire season, A Happy Beginning. So the season they're following the pattern as they did last season where the last episode makes references to the next season or what could be the next season um because and if you're in since we're following like musical theater history the next season is probably going to be the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. um so Disney. Gonna, well more like uh the british invasion of the mega musical and everything so you have uh phantom they make reference to that we have potentially les mis there's cats there's probably going to be rent at some point telling you disney <laughs> all over the 90s well and the the... Beast. happy beginning got so, it <laughs> so i had to look it up because there there was uh, on tvinsider.com they broke down what every song is referencing okay um i'm gonna i i may argue with some of them because i was like well you didn't mention that like in the one where they're talking about uh, basically a little priest, but like making the kids into sausages, they do like uh, a pro- uh, this one number from Promises Promises that I do know called Turkey Lurkey Time with the choreography. That. Yeah. Turkey Lurkey Time. But they're saying that ha- a happy beginning is referencing Rainbow Connection from The Muppet Show. And I'm like, well, why are we pulling reference from mm-hmm. a non musical theater? show Hmm. 
that I don't get. But like, if you listen to it again, you can you can hear it. Like, yeah. But also, didn't Paul Williams? Didn't he bring over? Didn't he do musicals too? Stage musicals in addition? Oh, probably. That would be so. Maybe it's just Paul Williams. Well, and also in that episode, they do. Yes. Paul Williams, speaking of Phantom, he was the Phantom of the Paradise, too. So I'm just throwing that out there. Like, connected. (laughs) But, like, also in that episode, they reference Dreamgirls, which is 80s. Is it? Yeah. 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 Like, early 80s. I want to say it's between 80 and 82. And that's the return of Ariana DeBose to the season. Uh, singing over and done yes yes <laughs> it's been a minute since you watched it right it has but i did listen to the this is a soundtrack right not a cast recording soundtrack yeah yeah soundtrack uh, i did listen to the soundtrack as i was driving around yesterday so i i'm the songs are top of mind even if the the everything in the show is not so i honestly also thought of you while watching um while seeing melissa's costumes they were very like 60s mod and everything. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like some of them were like <laughs> vibe in a way. In a way. Um, Not the full styling, but like, yeah, you yeah. know, the dre- a yeah. dress here and there. She had some, I thought she had some great, yes, I did think the um, the costumes here were beautiful and um, yes, she, and I, because she kind of like was that bridge between that dark seediness and the happy bright colors so i yes so that that is definitely like the the palette that i more identify with i also liked that they had um keegan michael key in the little like mock turtleneck thing at the end with the jacket and stuff and i was like that's that looks right you know like (laughs) yeah i also really liked how seamlessly all of these musicals just like wove together yeah and like aaron to be like to be pippin the guy from Hair and Jesus from Godspell in one character. Like, man, I would never have put those three together, but okay. Oh, I also meant like how, like when they bring Jenny, Sally Bowles to yeah. the world of Hair, Godspell, yeah. a superstar. Like it made sense. And then how like all of the characters, though they're very different in mindset, mm-hmm. They all could live the, in the same universe. Yes. Yeah, because going back to what you said, like, Broadway was weird at this time. It was. It was very weird. Because you're like, oh, let's go see a show about a kid figuring out his life and then maybe dying at the end. But yeah. also, let's go see Jesus Christ Superstar. And then... Who hey, also dies at the end? Who also dies Spoiler. at the end? Spoiler. <laughs> and then Sweeney Todd, all death. All death. Uh-huh. all death but then, so, but then so let's dark. go see annie also not happy though like oh you're right this is like a i don't know i again i don't know promises promises and sweet charity there's a lot of bummer moments in that mm-hmm. i feel like you're right this whole season is just the dark history of musical theater. It is. It is. And even to the, I can't remember the name of the song or which one it is. It was, but, um, oh, I need to eat. I mean, that's chorus line. Like, and even that's dark, you know what I yeah. mean? While not, because it's like, 
It's about all the background actors in a show who need anything to help sustain. And it's like, oh yeah. like I love that they threw in a Sound of Music reference to that one. Did they? Yeah, when they were giving their backstories, uh, one of the uh, how she has eight kids. No, one of the dancers was talking about how like she just wanted champagne, and her dad was a military who used a whistle, and then he married somebody who who was nice and everything. Like I was like, this is this is like the bad ver like a bad summary of the sound of music through Liesl's eyes. <laughs> yeah. Now sound of music is one of my least favorite shows. So yeah, I could see, but yeah. Well, how did you feel though about like the, cause it felt like the first two episodes, there was the murder mystery mm-hmm. and then they automatically are like, no, we're not going to No, this isn't that important. Like we're going to just move on. Well, Yes and no, because I think it just was like that the corruption of the town, like that murderer was never going to get caught. And I think that there was still that like undertone when they brought in um, Alan Cummings character about how Kraut just like kills everybody and like gets away with it because he owns the police and the things and the this. And so like, I felt like it was just very like mob bossy. Um, Other than murder mystery. Rather than murder mystery. Yeah. There was a moment where I thought it was Dove Cameron who murdered her roommate. Oh, yeah. Well, th- I mean, there was a there. She's supposed to be very. Is aloof the word I want to use? Yes, she's very aloof, and she's you know a little vapid and everything. But there was a moment when she's talking to Melissa, and I believe it's when like they become roommates that I was like, oh, maybe she killed Elsie for the spotlight but then uh but then like two seconds later they're like no patrick page killed her yeah (laughs) yeah we're gonna open up this whole other thing yeah like and that's and that's what i initially like that was i was like oh he's the bad guy he kills everybody he runs the town like got it (laughs) he's he's turpin and caiaphas yes and, and like i think what's interesting though about this season and I didn't rewatch last the first season, but this season, and we we did mention this, but I wanted to now say that like they fused more characters together. Where I think last season it was just like a one to one, you know, like maybe it was like two characters, but like this one they like yeah scratched <laughs> to be like look how similar these characters yeah. are. Yeah, <laughs> that and also like I just think the variety just like you you couldn't represent this time period of musicals in one season without doing it so i want to talk a little bit about the dancing because this is also going to play into a segue because i have a special guest surprise special guest for everyone Um, i i watched this again for this but when i first watched it i was flabbergasted that they got away with a lot of the choreography that they did because it is so known. Oh, yeah. Like, opening number, Welcome to Chicago. They used a lot of the choreography from Magic to Do. Mm-hmm. And off air, I managed to talk to an, uh, uh, one of the associate choreographers on it. And I was just like, how did you guys get away with this? Well, I found out there's no, like, 
you can't really copyright. Nope, you cannot. I mean, that was in and but that was interesting. So then, as the season progressed, there was a lot of things that, like, you know, if if you know the reference, you know the reference, and you're like, this is like brilliant what you do, like. Mm-hmm. Rich Man's Frug from Sweet Charity and Talk to Daddy, they borrowed so much of it because it's so it's all Fosse. Mm-hmm. And you could Fosse did did Sweet Tra- Charity? Fosse did Sweet Charity. Jeez. And they added the the phones to it to um to make Bye it, Bye Birdie. And yeah, bye bye Birdie. And it was just it, it's so fascinating what they did and there's like a, a a range of choreo in this where it's like the big group numbers but then also you have what's that one where it's the three of them busting out that's a great that was great when it's like they have like the the rope the shackles it. yeah yeah where that one i found is you could drive a person crazy from company and i thought that was interesting how they did it because it's supposed it's again three women and everything but in this case it's it's a break out of jail song (laughs) aren't they all talking about their marriage though in the original they're the girlfriends of bobby oh he has three different girlfriends that he dates and we find out how crazy they are i mean there's no other way around that's what and that's what sondheim wanted so I'm here with associate choreographer of Schmigadoon season two, Michael Williams. Say hi, Michael. Hi. <laughs> How would you define associate choreographer? With my first experience as being, I, I won't say I was the associate choreographer. I was one of the associate. Yeah, we were like a team of five. And we all basically got together every morning to talk about our lives and what's going on with TV shows we were watching. And then we were like, oh yeah, maybe we should do a little bit of work (laughs) as well as hanging out with our friends. Um, So I guess being an associate choreographer is, you know, doing your homework, doing your research, going through the script, jotting down all the ideas that come to your brain and also all the ideas of the other associates as well as the choreographer and the director um no and it it just feels like you're on the playground and you're getting to play with all the toys and all the apparatuses at the playground it's a lot of fun (laughs) um so out of all the numbers well first of all were there any numbers cut do you remember uh i wouldn't say cut i i would say they were edited to fit the realm of the tv show so like there were definitely bits there were so many bits we had pages and pages of bits that we wanted to use in the show and of course not all of them made it but a lot of the good ones did make it but there were tons and tons of bits that did not make it into the show i know you Um, and i have talked about um uh i forget the name of it the one that uh bobby sings in the courtroom oh uh what is it called uh where she's on like the trapeze and she's just or uh, with that like pitter patter, I'm trying to think of the name of the song. Uh, Bells and whistles. Bells and whistles. Yeah. Whistles. Yeah, that one. Right. Right. Where you said that you guys filmed so much. 
<laughs> a lot. That was the one where, like, Chris, we were at the table that morning. Because, like, every morning we come in, we have our coffee, or you eat your breakfast, and we talk about our plan for the day. <laughs> and then we write down, like, our ideas and thoughts. And then we break, all, break out into rooms and, like, figure stuff out. Um, but for Bells and Whistles, that was definitely a group effort. And I think my favorite part about working on Bells and Whistles, it's like there was one day, I think we spent about maybe three or four days on that one. And we had oh, like, uh, we had a structure for it. We knew we wanted to hit these markers in these places. And then we had Rochelle Rack, the legendary Rochelle Rack was there as an associate on this project. And we were like, Rochelle, why don't you play Bobby? Just play Bobby. Let's see what you got. And we let her freestyle and this woman <laughs> from the time we pressed play on the track that we had, we, we just got the track from the other room. We had our accompanist there, musical director. One of the musical directors was there. He sent us the recording. We played it. And this woman freestyled from the top to the finish. She did all of the patter. It was, <laughs> I mean, I wish there, there might be a video of it somewhere in the ether, but it was very extraordinary and legendary in true Rochelle Rack form. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, all the numbers are obviously Easter eggs and references. How much did you know versus before? And then how much did you realize afterwards? You're like, oh, I, I know all these or most of them. I would have to say a lot of the like Pippin hair uh -huh. stuff was a little bit like I knew I know bits and pieces of Pippin and hair, but I definitely learned a lot of that working on this season of <laughs> Megadoon. Just because of like there's a few numbers where we are paying homage to like the opening, we're paying homage to the opening of Pippin, um, which is really cool with like the amoeba hands and all that stuff. Um and like when they're doing the little the pan across the screen when everyone's walking and like speaking gibberish. And if you really listen to what they're saying, the actors and dancers are saying like off the wall stuff. So if anyone like go back, watch the first episode and listen to what the actors are saying as they're walking across the screen with the, the classic jazz hands at their sides and the, the random things that are coming out of their mouths. That was like another little tidbit we added into that number just talk about your breakfast or talk about walking your dog or talk about the giant you know shit you took that morning <laughs> uh, <laughs> did they sneak you in like were, were you you the associates were you actually in any of the numbers that were, we were not so because it was still like post-pandemic and like you know everyone's being very cautious about stuff uh chris was only like Chris couldn't take anyone from his team to uh, Canada to shoot. So everything took place in Vancouver. You have to be a Canadian local to be a part of the production, unless you were one of the principals. So like a lot of the principals are some of the same principals from season one. Mm -hmm. And so they were all cleared to go to Canada to shoot. And so and this is we did all of the pre-production, all of the filming, our thoughts and ideas. We had all that stuff on film. And we basically packaged it up and sent it with Chris and we sent everything to the director so that they had an idea of what each number would be like and what we were trying to go for. So when they were filming, you were, were you, was there ever like a zoom that you guys did while they were filming just to be like, we need to figure this number out? So, 
there were some like text message consulting things throughout. <laughs> I know we had like uh like for the orphan number because I that was one of the hardest ones to figure out structure wise. Also, without offending people with, I don't want to ruin Schmigadoo if no one's seen season two or if you haven't seen it yet. Oh, we we spoil. There's going to be a spoiler <laughs> alert. Okay, <laughs> we just wanted to make sure everything was peachy keen and clean as far as when you add children into the mix of things. So that See? was a hard one to structure and like visualize. <laughs> but no, yeah, like th- that was the only time like we got called back in to like we need to figure out this section because we have no idea what we're doing here and we need to like make it clearer so that we can shoot this thing. What was for you? the most challenging number when chris looked at me one morning and said oh hey michael i want you to do the opening and i said huh what wait you <laughs> were just in you you like to put researched. my own stamp on the opening as and i was playing the character as the lead player so everything like the titus burgess stuff that was like a peek into my brain of <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I remember, like, I had a few minutes, and I was like, uh, okay. And he was like, yeah, go in the room, like, take your time, figure out some stuff, and then I'll come in and check out and see what you got going on. I was like, uh, okay, cool, cool, cool. So, yeah, it was like putting on my big boy pants and going to work. (laughs) But that's awesome. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, so that that was fun. That was a very like big challenging thing, and it, like it also let me know that yes, I can create on the fly, and that yes, I am in the room for a reason. Like, and I can handle this giant responsibility. Well, because what did you? So what did you do? Did you just watch like the stage versions of Pippin to be inspired, and then twist it yeah, a little bit? But like the way that we like to work is like we have all of these inspirations and like we can look at them like we had this giant there was like a whatsapp group and we would just drop videos in there or like every morning we would come in like oh yeah i was looking at this last night check this out i want to do something in the realm of this um and like so we just use you know like i you share art like i feel like we have to share art and knowledge we have to keep that going in circulation and we you know we it's not like we're taking from our ancestors but we're being inspired by our ancestors to continue that flow of art and creativity. So I looked at a lot of Ben Vereen stuff, not just from Pippin. Oh, cool. Yeah. I like to look at all the things I looked at things from that period of time, like just to put myself in that world so that I could freely create. Cause when you do your homework, you can just show up and the stuff will come. Like I believe that it always comes. If you do your homework, watch your videos, read your books, do all your research you can do. And then when you show up in the room, that's when the magic happens. And you will nine times out of 10 surprise yourself with how much you know and how much you can share and give. Um, that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was like a giant mouthful of words that I just spewed at you. <laughs> you can tell that you guys did a lot of things and... Uh, that first number, I, I remember thinking, like, how did they get away with this? Because it, to me, I, it's been a while since I've seen Pippin, but I was just like, this looks exactly the same. And I guess that I mean, mission accomplished for you guys, if that's if what you were going for. To be like, we're no, we are referencing Pippin for those in the know. Yes, yeah, and like we just wanted to pay homage to 
everyone that laid the path for us, like they made all of this happen so that we can do this and keep their names and their thoughts alive. Um, yeah, and like everything that you saw, it's like, oh, we're getting close to, oh, no, yeah. they switched it up. Or, oh, it's a hat nod to <laughs> these individuals. Like, like when you get, when talk to daddy, uh, that, I love Rich Man's Frug. That was a really fun one. That I, 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 I like to watch. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I, I watched that video a lot from Sweet Charity, the movie. And so how you guys did it, but then you're like, you know what? Instead of cigarettes, why don't we use phones? <laughs> that was a fun day in the studio coming up with all of these bits in the realm of Rich Man's Frug, as well as like Rhythm of Life with Sammy Davis, just incorporating all of that fun yeah. stuff. So while I have you here, is there any fun stories you can tell that you're you're allowed to say? Fun stories um, in the realm of... Well, so like, I'm assuming you get the script and in it they reference like, this is like hair, let's say. And then you have to translate that from, you know, page to to the body to then to screen. So like, what was like the weirdest thing, weirdest reference that all of you were like, how the fuck are we supposed to do this? I have to go back to the orphan stuff. Like yeah. <laughs> mixing Annie and Sweeney Todd together. Like when yes. I did that part of the script and like, you know, like there's usually like stage directions or directorial notes in the script. There wasn't anything like that. The way that it's written in the script, it's clear as day that this is what's about to happen, that we have orphans. Okay, so we're thinking about Annie. We have this butcher. Oh, we're thinking Sweeney Todd. And then just the way as the sto- like the script unfolds and the stories unfold, you're like, wait, is he? Wait, are they really going <laughs> to? <laughs> this is happening. And so in my mind, and like, you know, things were happening so fast. And it's like, there's one thing to read something, but then there's another thing to visualize that and do that for other people to understand. Yeah. And it be kosher (laughs) to say. That's why I said it was very hard to come up with things that, because like, I'll use the, uh, the, the get naked number. We wanted to not say, let's just take off our clothes. We wanted to give the idea that we're taking off our clothes, but we're just trying something new. And how can we show getting naked without getting naked? Oh, I'll take off a ring. I'm going to take my ring off. That's something different I don't do, but I'm taking something off. Oh, I'm going to take off a watch. Oh, here's a sock. I'm dangling <laughs> sock. You know, like we had all these ideas of oh, like someone walking by with like a a tire, like a hubcap across their like private parts, so like she, so that they weren't naked. And also, Cinco, the director, he was like, I don't want anyone naked. That's the one thing I don't want. I want to play around with the idea of being naked, but not actually naked. <laughs> yeah, there were so many layers within this process. And like we deep discussions every day. Everything was like a deep discussion. It wasn't just like, oh yeah, you're going to go over there. You're going to do that. We're going to have this movement. Everything was a deep, well thought out. There was a through line through every single thing. I mean, you can tell 
that as much as it's supposed to be jokey and fun and everything that like, no, it's serious. Yeah. Um, like these, the, the moves aren't easy. The de- like the choreography isn't easy by any means. Um, and, it, and cause like, I know Fosse was very particular with mm-hmm. shapes and everything. So, and you, and I could, you guys were clearly inspired by that. Did you have to like get permission to use like some of his stuff or, or did you have somebody on staff that was like an expert? On our end, our closest, excuse me, connection to Fosse was Rochelle Rack because she, you know, was in the show Fosse, um, had worked with him. So that was our like direct line to him. And myself, I've worked with the Fosse Trust. Like I know Nicole Fosse. My mentor, Scott Jovovich, is a Fosse dancer. So for me, like my Fosse background, that realm of dance, like that lives within me. So to me, this, I felt like a kid on the playground getting to express all these ideas. And like, I don't know, I felt like it was like Fosse with a twist. You know, he took everyday movement and made it cool (laughs) like whoever thought brushing your teeth just the action of brushing your teeth could be dance (laughs) hell holding a cigarette even holding a cigarette yeah yeah blinking your eyes rolling your wrist like this everyday movement like walking down the street that's now a dance situation or like it's choreography so like like that's another cool thing which i love about fossey just taking everyday movement everyday things that you do and turning it into dance movement. I mean, he was inspired by everything that walked, lived and breathed. Besides the kid, the orphan one, we're going to mm-hmm. ignore that for a second. Was, <laughs> Cause I, I knew, I know you're going to pick that one when I asked this question, was there a number that you were just like, I don't know how this is going to work or look a bit of the opening, because we were trying to, like, Chris had this idea with the hands and the gloves. And, like, you know, with Pippin, when it, I think it was the Tony performance. And you see the hands and they're, ooh. Mm-hmm. He had this idea. He was like, oh, yeah, I want to have the hands come out. And all you see are just white hands, like the gloves, black backdrop. And I want them to end saying jazz, because that's, like, the theme throughout uh Schmigadoon season two in Chicago is jazz. So you can blame everything on jazz. And we were all like, how is he gonna accomplish this? How is this gonna work out so that he has this tableau of all these random hands that say J A Z Z. He even showed up one day with this umbrella that he made years ago that had all of these gloves attached to it. And so <laughs> in our like pre-pro process someone like me as the lead player like the Titus Burgess role and there were two other people with these like two umbrella arm things that would spin when you would spin the umbrella and the hands would do like this pinwheel effect he showed up one day with this because he was like adamant he was like I want this in there this is gonna happen it's gonna work I know it's gonna work I know it's gonna work we're all like okay yeah sure we'll see and then in production he sends us like a little iPhone video of the jazz hands and it was the coolest thing ever. I was like, how did you accomplish that? So that's, I, for me, that'd be one thing. I was like, I don't know how that's going to happen. And even like in the studio, when we had all of the bodies to make the jazz and you're looking at it, it's like, this doesn't make sense. I don't see the jazz that you're trying to accomplish, but okay. Uh, 
Oh, because you had to work with like local dancers and then video that to then them, like you said, translate to the Canadian dancers, actors. Yes. <laughs> how, mu- how much time did you guys have to work? We worked for an, a month and a half. We initially had three, I would say two and a half, three weeks to get all six episodes done, created conceptualized and then we had two full days when we brought in our people to teach them the numbers film the numbers and like not just filming straight on we had like a shot list we had ladders we had chairs we had rolly chairs where someone was on a camera just to get stuff there were so many shots and angles so that when chris got to canada the director, uh, the film team, they would just watch these videos and be like, okay, this is the what we're going for. So it just wow. made the process easy, clean, and efficient. That's amazing. <laughs> so no, it was like, let's go, let's go, let's go. But it was fun. It, it never felt like we were working. Like, it never felt like a job. And like, you know, we got there, it was like, what, 10 to 5 every day? We go in, we hang out with our friends, we create some magic, and then we go home. (laughs) And then we come back the next day and do it again. And then we get a weekend. And then a few months later, we got a TV show. (laughs) So, season three. Can we talk about it? No. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) I I wish I could, but I got nothing to give you. (laughs) Damn it! (laughs) Um, uh, Is there anything else, though, that you want to share with the world? You know... Um... Oh, what were your fellow associates' names? Let's let's drop them. Let you know. Oh, uh, show them some love. There were five of us: Beth, Erica, uh, myself, Lou, and uh, Rochelle. Rapp. Yes, and then Chris's husband was there as like our associate director, who is Stephen. Bless his heart; he's the best human ever. Because was Chris in Canada working with the? Uh, uh, Chris was there the entire time. Oh, okay. He was there the entire. He was there every single day. Uh, aside whenever he had to like step out for meetings and whatnot but like every morning we would come in gather talk about the plan for the day and then we all had our assignments and we would split off do what we need to do and then we would always gather and it was always like when we would gather it would be like show and tell all right it's your turn let's see what you worked on today (laughs) because were you guys assigned different aspects of the songs or did you was there one song where all five of you were like attacking together Yes, uh, like the orphan thing we all attacked. Uh, a lot of the junkyard stuff we all attacked. The opening was a group effort, but parts like we divided up the opening to into mm. like bits and pieces. So like I did like the lead player stuff. Uh, like Rochelle and Erica worked on uh, like the ensemble stuff. Um, there were other like moments, um, like the chair number, which was one of my favorites. That was like a Rochelle and Erica like masterpiece they created all of that which was awesome and then it was also cool when we did um what's the number uh with the bar uh do we shock you do we shock you because we had the woman who did the number (laughs) there she rochelle guided us through that (laughs) which was really cool (laughs) you know because like for her she's like all right this is what we're going to do. Like that's her. She comes in. She's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And we're like, yes, mom, whatever you say, <laughs> whatever you say, whatever you want to do, we're going to do it. I'll, um, I'll, I'll drape my leg over a bar if you need. Yes. 
whatever you want. <laughs> I think we've come to the end of this conversation. Okay. Um, do you want to plug your socials? Do you have anything? Um, I would plug my socials if I used my socials. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, you know what? I will be better with using my sh- socials. So you can catch me on Instagram at MOW26. That is my handle, at MOW26. Great. Well, Michael Williams, thank you so much for Thank you for having me. Thanks for having me. (laughs) What did you think of the choreo this season? And that was amazing. And I don't know as much about the choreo and like, and you know, like the references as you do. Um, But I know, I know Fosse movements from like Chicago and um, uh, Pippin and I know those movements. So like, and you know, it's very hip heavy in the hands and like um so I was it is that's what I mean it's a lot of like hand and like shoulder movements and like you move certain th- like it's like it, it's almost like independent body part moving it's very cool um so I did get some of that and and I like that they incorporated that without overdoing it because again like Fosse but a whole like six episodes like if it was all just his movements for that period of time like it would have gotten to be like you know to get enough. yeah so it's that homage um, while still keeping it, um, you know, an overall um, cohesive show, which I thought was, which is great. I mean, it's super cool and um, what a great way to do everything together. So, But then you get like, I need to eat, which is the opening to a chorus line, mm-hmm. which also has other- very specific. Yeah. And, and um I need this. Is it called I Need This Job? Is that? Uh, I hope I get it. I hope I get it. That is one of my favorite, one of my favorite numbers. And so when they did it and like, and how similar it was, like, it was just so cool. I really enjoyed that one. And then uh, when Melissa comes on and like, doesn't know the movements while everyone else does. It's, I loved it because it's like, yes. How are you in one, like, room together and all of a sudden everyone just magically knows the choreography (laughs) and i just love that there's one random guy in that there's all these women and one random guy (laughs) yeah you never know what they're looking for (laughs) but at the end she basically hits them on accident question mark on purpose maybe and they she like knocked them all down (laughs) she's very like i love lucy moment yes yeah which not sure if that's what the reference they were going for but it, we like we love happy accidents we do we do and um so i and i i enjoyed all of that um and then um god the choreography and bells and whistles also was just like stunning yeah. like i don't even know what else to say about it it seems like she had fun i hope she had fun i think yes. she had fun <laughs> well i feel like though did you watch 30 rock no, I haven't. So, I've seen clips of it though. But like she definitely I felt like she like she almost brought elements of the Jenna character who like thinks she's like this wonderful, like God's gift to acting, like to this role that like I'm better than everyone else. I'm the great, you know, so and and you had to in this character, but I saw a lot of like those two similarities. Um and I I just loved it. I think she's hilarious and wonderful and I love I love how it's Jane Jane Krakowski is the last name, right? Am I saying Correct. that right? Um, I love how Jane Krakowski though brings this like super confident character to life while also being just like 
weird and funny and relatable. Like, I don't know how she does it is where I'm going. And like, I'm happy because last season we only got like one episode with her. And that was it. She was credited for all of them. She was really only yes. one episode. This time we got more of her because they're like, well, we have her. Let's use her. Yeah, yeah. I feel like too, um, getting away from the choreography a little bit, but I feel like Martin Short was the other one that I was like, oh, he made more sense this season <laughs> as the leprechaun. <laughs> yes. I, I, I wonder what they're going to do next season. Like what's the basis of it going to be? We were speculating. And then obviously after that, it's like going to be the 2000s if there's a season four. So it's it, it seems like if we're following a theme that it's going to be Shmeh and a place. Because first season was Brigadoon. This season was Chicago. So whatever next season is, it's Shmeh place. I want it to be Schmatz just because it's funny to say. What's what's Schmatz? So it'll be Schmeh and then cats. Oh, Schmatz. <laughs> I like that. Um, hold on. I'm looking up musicals from the 80s because I don't know too many. There's a lot. There's going to there be a lot. are a lot I don't know. Wait, chess was in the 80s? Yeah. Isn't is that one night in Bangkok? Yes. I can't wait for that. <laughs> I can't wait for how, what they're going to do with that. Sorry. <laughs> little little Benny Anderson and Bjorn Elvius in it. Yeah. Did they write that? They did. They wrote chess. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. We've got, they, I'm sorry. Okay, they did I'm that so and then they did Mamma Mia, obviously, because. Obviously. Um, oh, Into the Woods? Oh, yeah. There's going to be more Sondheim potentially. Because, like, this season was Sondheim heavy because you had very Sondheim heavy. You had Sweeney. You had um, company. Company. Um, also, Stephen Schwartz heavy because yes. Schwartz did Godspell and Pippin. What two crazy opposite end of the world shows? Right, and then Sorry. we we're getting introduced to Andrew Lloyd Webber with Jesus Christ Superstar. Um, so you you know nothing about Promises, Promises? I don't know Promises, Promises. It was, the music is by Burt Bacharach. <laughs> so in the sec- second to last episode, there's that song, There's Always a Twist, which is sung by Anne Harada and uh, Jaime Camille. Mm-hmm. Um, the cop. If you're like, I I know what this is, but I don't understand, that's because that is from Promises, Promises. And it's gotcha. Burt Bacharach, easy listening what do you get when you fall in love yes i think that is the song that they're following is it hold on let me go back Why to this dion warwick not in this oh my god maybe it'll be shmame it'll be a play on fame <laughs> <laughs> sorry um, too much fun. so there's always a twist is referencing i'll never fall in love again you were right <laughs> and apparently turkey lurkey time i didn't hear it but yeah. That a little, little bit of everything. Yeah. It's it's interesting this season because like it felt like the songs I mean the songs also mashed up the different shows where they're like, yeah. we're gonna do the music from this one, but do the lyrics from like these three. <laughs> yep. Um wow. the 
good enough to eat is the one that I that that's like the prime example where it's worst pies in London. And then there's a moment where they go into hard knock life. Yes. From Annie. Where I'm, yeah, I'm happy that they didn't do a shit ton of Annie stuff. Yeah. Cause it's like, gotten really I'm, like weird really fast. Cause like the, the kids aren't important to that. It was the weird love story <laughs> between those two. We, and I felt like those two need to work together again in something else. Uh, Alan Cumming oh. and Chenoweth. They should do all the things. Like, why can't... Yes. Why can't we have a, a stage version of this? Oh. This is a good proposal. A stage, a, a stage for like, do you want it to be Schmigadoon on stage or like the idea of Schmigadoon where you're combining musical theater history? I want both. Okay. I want both. <laughs> I want, because I want it to be like two ordinary people going into a musical that just like stumble upon a fantasy world of musicals. But then also have like the meta commentary on the musical theater of it all and also being like yep. a song. We're doing another song. Okay. Yep. I really, yes. And I want, um, and I want Titus Burgess to be in it and pretty much everyone who's in the Chicago cast. Like I want them. I, I Melissa and um, Josh can be anybody. I would love it to be Cecily Strong, Kiko, Michael Key, but whoever. It'll be, <laughs> It'll be all stunt casting. Then. <laughs> Why um, all? I also really appreciated the season, though little Easter eggs that, like, for people like me who are immersed in this world, obviously I have a podcast all about musicals. Um, so Elsie, the woman who died, is another reference to Cabaret. It's in the song Cabaret. She mentions that she had a roommate named Elsie living oh. in Chelsea. But my favorite is in the jail, there's Conrad. Conrad, there's Conrad Birdie from Bye Bye Birdie, basically. Yes, I got that one. He belongs in jail. I hate that musical. <laughs> I hate that show. <laughs> but that was also another meta commentary that I was like, you know what? You're right, Schmigadoon. He's in his 20s and she's 16. Yes. Granted, he doesn't... Mm, you know what? I don't want to go into that because that's that's no. for another episode. We but, don't want to talk about it. But the one person that I had a little confusion about it was Jaime Camille's character, the sergeant. I wasn't oh. sure if he was playing like the Beatle from Sweeney Todd or if oh. this like a another like this could be this he also kind of could have been judas i know it's a we're not there was no like west side story reference but could he be like a krupke kind of character where he's yeah, like yeah i would think like, so. cop? i was also really surprised there was no um west side story references west side i story felt like that would have been is in a weird time period like transitionary period yeah, yeah. Plus, I guess they didn't want to. It's like aside because Ariana was in it, so maybe, probably, yeah. But I feel like West Side Story and 
gypsy are kind of like a little in between-ish, but pull on both eras very well. I like gypsy. It was gypsy's great. I'm su- I wouldn't be surprised though if they all of a sudden in like a later season do Rose's turn as a those song. I swear. Yeah, I swear if you go back and listen to um I think it's Do We Shock You. They have the this the it it's out, you know when she sings um hold your hands and hand it to your mama's gonna give it to you. They have that same line. Oh oh okay. I believe you. I that is one of that is one of my songs. Like I that is my that is a go-to song for me. So like yeah. Understandable. Um so all versions. My last question, and then uh, we can go to Sharp and Flat, or if you have anything else you want to bring up. My last question, though, would you rather want to stay in Schmickadoon or Schmicago? Oh, my God. Look. Tough question. I I asked the tough questions here. It is tough. I don't think I'd do well in Schmickadoon. Really? I don't. Yeah, I think I'd do better in Schmicago. You like the dark seedy stuff well i'm not like but also it's I'm dark not, and seedy but it's, but also, it's not but it's not yeah. but it's it's more of a metaphor for something yeah yeah i also wouldn't join the cult with aaron to be but like i mean they're definitely a, it's a cult like let's call that what it is they i mean as soon as he went as soon as they couldn't find him they were looking for a new leader like Y'all are brainwashed. Um, I would want to work for Bobby. I'd be like, I'd like carry her briefcase or something. <laughs> Cause she's. What about you? Oh, Chicago, hands down. Um, I don't know what exactly I'm doing. I may just have fun in all the different worlds, you know, bounce around. Yeah. You can uh, do costumes for Anne Harada's club. I could do costumes for Anne Harada's club. Yeah. I see. Cause like, so what's interesting, I know I said the last question, but I had another thought. Um, what's interesting is that, yes, they, um, it, it, like, it's mostly Melissa and Josh that bounce around the different worlds, but then in like mm-hmm. halfway through the season, that's mm-hmm. when they start mashing these characters together, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and I really appreciated that because like last season, yeah. because of all the shows that they were referencing, all of the characters made sense. Yes. And, and they made, all took place in the same place. In a they all like little village. Yeah. yeah. This season, I understood that like Fleet Street, New York City. So for Annie and Sweeney Todd were one area yeah. you had chicago and cabaret in another area and then you had the hippies in their own area i wonder what they're gonna do for season three i'm really looking forward to it i hope it happens i don't know but i've been looking up musicals from the 80s and 90s first of all some of them were some of the ones from here were from that we discussed are from the 80s too so like oh which ones it said um chorus line but that might have been the movie that was the movie. It was from the 80s. The chorus line is from so, the 70s. So I don't know, but I have some thoughts and we can talk about this offline. Um, <laughs> but it'll be, it'll be exciting because I, I think, again, the 90s is when you started to get into like the Gershwin retrospectives. 
like crazy for you was nineties. <laughs> so you have that, you have into the woods, you have, um, rent, you have, um, uh, you know, you have, also, you have a lot of shows coming back too. So it's like, there's also 42nd street in the eighties. 42nd street. Yes. Um, is based off of a thirties movie. 40s something like that yep you have fame you have um so you you have cats you have phantom so you have like a lot that you could do you have beauty and the beast came up in the 90s um see when you said disney i thought you meant the renaissance more so than disney no i meant the stage i meant disney on broadway which also disney owns the muppets so that's another thing oh yeah they do so, but gypsy came back in uh the 90s yeah we get a lot of more revivals now mm-hmm. i don't know what cannibal the musical is but that sounds like something terrifying that could be brought in oh jekyll and hyde was in the 90s i love that musical too there's a lot that they can do sunset boulevard interesting so it's it's like you have a lot of new properties based off of something else New musicals yeah. based off of former properties that you could do, yes? Oh, they could go really weird with it and do like Little Shop. Do like Little Shop and uh, Rocky Horror. <laughs> Just well, do it, like a really crazy way. There was a Rocky Horror reference in this. There was, yeah. I was like, yes, bring it. <laughs> so there, I mean, there's a lot. Of, I mean, if they go into the next era, I mean... I don't I don't know. There's so many things. A mash this is gonna be a crazy mashup. Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat was the 80s, apparently. It was. Sunday yeah. in the park with George. Uh more Sondheim. The Cajo Fall was 80s. Yeah, because then the movie The Birdcage came out in the 90s. So so there's a lot of things. I think it'll be, I think I'm excited if they're gonna keep this up. I almost feel like though then you have to pick like you got to just do 80s next you can't do 80s and 90s i feel like if they do what they did with this season where you where they're like let's pick like five big ones that we're going to like really reference but then let's mash them with smaller ones yeah yeah i i don't know i'm just so the fact that we're already like talking about the next season means we must have most both really enjoyed this because i i i really liked it as a binge show because mm-hmm. like you know what let's get into sharp and flat because then i'll i'll explain further okay sharp flat. so in this section we're going to highlight some moments whether or not we talked about it if we liked it it's sharp and if we didn't like it or thought it could change it's flat and i want to start with my flat which tying into what i was just saying i think a big flat was the weekly release of this because there was so much time in between. Honestly, I'm also into like binge. I'm also a product of this time period where we're binging. Yeah. So the weekly release of it all makes me forget things. And at first I thought it was a lot, but then watching it for this, at binging it back to back, I'm like, no, it makes everything makes sense. There is, mm-hmm. there's just enough of everything. There's the right amount of songs per episode. There's the right amount of references. There's, um, Oh, the pacing was perfect. Yeah, no and notes. like, and like, even the storylines all made sense and all came to like a natural conclusion. Because like, 
like with the with them wanting to kill the orphans and everything i mean there is a you can make an argument that at least in the carol burnett movie version of annie um miss hannigan does make a turn to be like oh i do love you girls you know and everything so like that also made sense in here where Kristen mm-hmm. Chenoweth had that moment with the kids and when they gave her the ribbon and then like talking duly out of murdering people. So like it all made sense. And I'm glad I wait, when did season one come out? Okay. So season one came out in 2021. So I'm gl- it seemed like they did. They took, I mean, granted there was also COVID, but it took, they took the year to actually like, mm-hmm. know, like flush this out. Let's figure this out. Um, and my other flat, I only have two flats for this. My other flat is the busting out costumes, the the performance ones that the three women wear. There was just something about it that I didn't really like. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like whatever they put on Cecily was very, was a little unflattering. I almost wonder, like, because there were some things that she was wearing that I was like, I did question. I was like, that's not like even some like they almost had like shift dresses on her or something. And I'm like that it made her look boxy. And I wasn't sure if it was on purpose because maybe it was meant to be. Um, I think and I almost think maybe they were trying to make her look less um, stereotypical. You know what I mean? Like that's what they were trying to add that to her. Um, That's what I got out of it. I did like that she was because I think in season one, if I remember correctly, no, they do wear clothes of the period in there, but it looks off. It looks yes. weak on them. And this season, they also wear clothes of the period, but like it makes logical sense. Like you said, where she's bridging the gap with the bright colors, but she's in yeah. these dark, she's in the Kit Kat Club, basically. Um, Josh, where his hair, the wig that they gave him, like yeah. amazing. that was crazy what were your flats for this my flats for this season um while I appreciated everything they did for it I do think they did I do think they tried to do a little too much again um I feel like there were some things I don't know like the I didn't love all the Sweeney Todd references I'm not as big of a fan of that of that show and things like, and to me, I was like, I felt like it could have been brought in, like those characters could have been brought in in different ways. Um, that storyline was not my favorite, um, just in general. The songs that they sing together, the two of them, like Alan Cumming and Kristen Chenoweth together are so charming and it's wonderful. But to me, that almost felt like one more thing that but- maybe didn't need to be there. To me, it didn't overall add to the uh, redemption of the story either. So there was that. And also, um, oh, I didn't like the whole like kidnap and forced marriage thing. Um, oh. That may just be me. <laughs> uh, but that's also another Sweeney Todd reference in a way. Yeah, yeah. So, so maybe it's just Sweeney Todd is not my thing. And uh, it showed. <laughs> that's fair. Um, do you have any other flats? Or was that just the it those were the those were the big ones i think no that was that was most of it um i mean but like overall solid season oh god enjoyable 
Yeah. I got through it very quickly. I love to that. Um, they are, I think they're 30 minute episodes, which like, like almost 40 res- was like yeah. the max with, with yeah. credits with, credits. with <laughs> and I was credits. like, this is perfect. <laughs> um, okay. So let's get into sharps, which I have a ton. <laughs> Not really. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to sharp the female bar fly. Love her. I love that. They made it a bit for every episode. Like, if it was an eight or ten episode season, it would be a little too much. Yeah. But because it's six, ep- it, it's like the sweet spot of six episodes, like, chef's kiss perfection. I want to sharp the line from the first episode. At one point, musicals had a narrator instead of a story. That describes. Did you write that, too? Yeah. No, I didn't. <laughs> uh, I like that you think I took notes. So, thank you. <laughs> um, I want to sharp the choreography uh sharp to the asides during the songs like it was more in season one where they were questioning why they're singing but in this one welcome to chicago when the uh, when the ensemble is all like whispering things and you clearly hear like a few people going peas and carrots peas and carrots peas and carrots like that is also amazing sharp to titus burgess and gene krakowski like sharpest of all sharps to them I'm sorry that I know we could share sharps. We're allowed to. We're allowed. I for the. I mean, Jacqueline made a made a sad face that I stole her sharp. But like, let's be real here. We we were going to sharp them no matter what. <laughs> well, mine's more so Titus Burgess for sure. But we'll um, that's my turn. I, I also want to sharp the featured tribes people. Um, the character names are Michael, Marissa, and Alex. I they were they were like a fun trio to me and like um yeah like they also had a lot of funny moments and lines like that um and then i have two performances i want to sharp bells and whistles and talk to daddy they were just perfection to me what about you so i i'm gonna sharp titus burgess as the leading player i thought he was great and what i loved about it too is that he seemed to interact with multiple characters which I don't feel like you get in a lot of like like in Pippin it was just Pippin kind of a thing like but he was interacting with Kraut and things like that so I really like the way they kept bringing him in um in those different ways I also thought at the end his little like his speaking part at the end when he was talking about how like he wants his own life and doesn't want to narrate others and then they bring in another narrator (laughs) and then they bring in another narrator I loved that I was like yes yes you are right go forth with your life um so that was um I just I liked all that stuff um I'm gonna sharp the um I don't I just enjoyed it I don't know I thought I I'm gonna sharp the the um the people who wrote the music because like it was amazing how they put Cinco Paul um putting that all together like that like you're either crazy genius some kind of both i thought you know wonderful Um, while in the pandemic writing all of this (laughs) right also like what a great outlet like watch all the musicals yes and or do you know these off the top of your head i have so many questions for him i want to have so many things i really hope after they filmed like let's see the last episode premiered may 3rd on may 4th i just hope single paul had like a deep sigh of relief and took a nap (laughs) Because it was all no. over. No, get ready for season three. Well, get ready for, but like, take the time. Take, take, take the a, time. Take the time. You know. Um, <laughs> I thought it, so. Yes. Um, 
I'm also going to sharp the fact that like they um the way they talk about Melissa and Josh's relationship and like they call at one point they call Melissa um by Josh's last name and then they're like she goes by Kimball or whatever her last name is and not his and I'm like thank you like thank you for doing that like and they also that (laughs) it was a big joke in the first season that she was a doctor and because it was the 40s they're like a woman doctor no and then they bring that back this season because but less so but less it was just literally one line and I was like great you did it we got it let's move on move on because that's not Um, what's important this season no what's important this season is that you didn't murder someone so um (laughs) uh I also um I don't know I liked a lot of it so I can't um I am gonna for for songs though I'm gonna sharp sharp um doorway to wear because that's the weirdest song and wonderful and even like Keegan-Michael Key's like commentary while this he's like he's like what what are you talking about like that was beautiful that was truly beautiful I hope um it's now the audition song for men because corner of the sky, corner of the sky was, mm-hmm. and now I hope door, doorway to where. Yes, it yeah. it was. That was wonderful. That was wonderful. I did not like talk to daddy as much as you did. Um, okay, but for for uh, reasons, but um, bells and whistles, of course, was another one that. Oh, just and I brilliant. also. I also want to do Welcome to Chicago. I forgot to mention that. Also That's awesome. Because a... I yeah. love Pippin. I love Pippin. I also love Pippin. I haven't seen it. But only... What? People who haven't seen it don't love Pippin because they don't know. I will say, though, I do stop listening to the cast recording after a certain point because, like, I don't like the end of the show. See, they ref so they reference love song in this a lot in this. Yeah, season. they do. And I was just and, like, um, this is the song I usually skip, but I love what you guys did with it. Yeah, that one. And um, yeah, I because usually after like the right track, I'm like, okay, now what? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah. Are there any songs you would add to your life's playlist? So I know I sharped the performance of Dory to Wear, but my two favorite songs this season were Famous as Hell. Because I thought it had like a really cool, I liked the beat, I liked the drive, I liked that a lot. And A Happy Beginning, I really enjoyed as well because I thought like it kind of summarized everything really nicely and brought everything around. Um, And so I did really enjoy that. As well as Welcome to Chicago. Looking at the list... I'm trying mm-hmm. to pick out, but I feel like the songs are even stronger this season than they were last season. So mm-hmm. I'm, co- I'm copping out and just saying all of them. I will list. I will... Oh, no. Okay, no, fine, no. fine, fine, fine. Can't do that. Um, Welcome to Chicago for sure. I'm not going to add this, but I do want to say that I loved the wordplay on the worst brats in town and that both versions of it because... Kristen Chenoweth is talking about the kids and Alan Cumming is talking about his hot uh, Sausages. Yeah. I just I just saw that and I was like, ah, oh, I have to talk about this. Um, I think I'm also going to do Bells and Whistles. Two Birds, One Stone is great. I like Talk to Daddy. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. 
but not really. Um, maybe it's my turn now, which that is a great anthem song. Is that um no, what's the over and done is the um is the one that Ariana said Dream Girls, right? Yes. Maybe it's my turn is the Cecily Strong and it's maybe this time from uh Maybe this time, yeah. Uh, oh, I listened to the Cabaret Cast recording for like days after watching some of these episodes because I was like, well. Gotta. And then A Happy Beginning. It's a good song. It is a great song. I also, I do, do want to give like honorable mention to something real reprise because to me, it's the finale of Pippin and I love the finale of Pippin. <laughs> I don't I don't think we ever really talked about this like Pippin but like I love that show and yeah it's great and yeah um but Jacqueline I think we did it we done did it we done did it till next season are they doing a season three have they confirmed it yet I don't think it's been confirmed well I don't know what's going on because of the strikes and everything but I don't know if oh, it- true. I feel okay. like I feel like there was such a good response from what i've seen of of the season and i feel like unlike what happened to other shows that recently other musical shows that recently came out where the streaming service just like got rid of it immediately i feel like apple tv is happy rise of the pink ladies paramount plus pulled it off as as soon as it finished that was stupid though yeah like why why are we why did we have that to begin with well we, you and I could talk afterwards about that, but like that was that was also a shady, shitty thing to do. Oh yeah. Um, but like because of this, and hopefully this episode may help. We'll get us. Yeah. I mean, Lauren Michaels is also an executive producer, and I don't know, he might have some pull somewhere. So, just saying. Um, but Jacqueline, what do you have to plug or promote? Mm, hydrate. It's hot outside. Great. Uh. Happy summer, everyone! Yay! Uh, and if you if you know anything about season three, or if you're Cinco Paul listening to this episode, hi, we love you. Please make season three. Uh, you can. We have ideas. We have ideas and questions. We have a lot of questions too, as to like the process. Um, mm-hmm. You can email me at bettersongpod at gmail dot com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, what used to be known as Twitter, and TikTok at buttersongpod. It's now X. Yes. <laughs> did you have a flat from this season that we didn't mention i would love to hear it because again really solid season and although it may seem like a lot i don't think it was too much i think it was just like just amount of the right amount of a lot um Jacqueline had other words uh but if you want to be part of next episode's conversation well we're doing another second chance everyone and it's mama mia Woo! <laughs> i love mama mia <laughs> this is the second episode of we're doing it and i may end up stopping it after that because i don't oh, mama mia. i'm so mama me get out <laughs> he's talking about mama mia too though i've done we're We've got cinematic masterpiece, Mamma Mia 2. <laughs> You're right. Share. Um, but Jacqueline, thank you so much. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. And bye for now. 
Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.